Hello, welcome to Her Wild Side Hockey Podcast. I am your hostess, Mickey, aka Hockey She Wrote, and I am coming to you less than 24 hours after I watched the most bonkers game of hockey I've ever seen in person. Uh, I say bonkers because I'd like to say wild game, but then it gets all confusing. But so suffice to say, this weekend, I was at both the Saturday and the Monday game. If you follow me on uh, Twitter, you would see that I posted a picture of us from each game and it looks like we were like we lived in our seats. We simply changed our jerseys and like I braided my hair. Um, Anyway, what a weekend. So I meant to record a podcast before now, but life gets in the way. So I'm not even going to talk about last week. I'm simply going to talk about this weekend because, again, like I might not even be able to formulate all the words that I need to to talk about these games. One thing that I did want to touch on from last week, however, is that Mason Shaw is back. And I know we are all very excited. He has not played yet. I was really hoping I'd be able to see him play either Saturday or Monday. I also understand why he didn't because um, fourth line has been clicking and they're really wanting that to get going. Although they did switch up the centers um, because the third line has just been not great. And I will say one thing that I think fans should appreciate about John Hines is the fact that he is willing to switch up lines and pairings on the fly. You know, that was kind of one of the biggest complaints that I would hear about Dean Evison is that he would just stick with the same lines and they were obviously not working. And it was like, you would have to like, just beat it to death before he would change it. So the fact that John Hines does switch things up mid game, I think people should appreciate that. So, like I said, there was the Saturday game, which was a four o'clock game. And let me say, a four o'clock game is really this odd time of day. You know, I like an evening game, a seven o'clock start. I understand why you have like a one o'clock start, you know, kind of middle of the day, maybe more of a family atmosphere like it was on Monday with the kids, the next generation kids game. But four o'clock was just a really strange start time. Um, it was also a 78s game. So maybe they were just like, okay, well, since we are wearing 78s, we can just do weird stuff like a four o'clock game. Who knows? Um, so 78s were on Saturday, regular jerseys on Monday. And like I mentioned, the Monday game was the next, the next gen game. And my brother was a little bit concerned going into it. Because they talked about, you know, they had like a next gen PA announcer and next gen in arena hosts and next gen. And he was like, I do not want to sit through a game if there's a child that's going to be doing all the announcing. And thankfully, that was not how they did it. You know, um, the next gen PA announcer just kind of at the beginning of the game was read a few things. Um, The in arena hosts kind of went back and forth between the normal adult hosts and the kid hosts. I thought they did a good job of balancing that. They had uh, a kid that played guitar between like like electric guitar between the second and third periods, I believe one, one of the two. And that was really fun to see. He was really good. Um, So overall, I think they did a really nice job of balancing kind of the kid aspect of it with having a regular game. I will say I was a little bit sad because they only handed out those cute little naughty stuffies to children. And I understand, but I was kind of like, well, I have two kids, you know, like, does that count? <laughs> um, I didn't actually try that. I would, I would not do that. Now, 
before I really, well, let's see. Okay. You know what? No, I'm, I'm changing things on the fly. This is just how like my brain is so scrambled. I feel like I'm still processing that wild Canucks game. So bear with me. First, I just wanted to touch on the Sabres game. First of all, the first two periods of that game were so strange because as I recall, it was 0-0 going into the third still. And it was like both teams just couldn't, were just like a touch off, you know, like both the Wild and the Sabres. It's like nobody could quite get a pass where it needed to go. Nobody could quite get the puck on the net. Nobody, I mean, it was just weird. You know, my brother and I were both just like, this game feels weird. And I think maybe the whole four o'clock start in the 78s, I think it was just like this atmosphere of like, something is off. <laughs> um, I thought they did a really nice tribute to Jordan Greenway because that was actually the first time that he has been back at the Excel Center, which seems strange, but he was not, he was traded at the deadline last year. And since then, Buffalo has not been to Minnesota. Minnesota has been to Buffalo, but this was the first time back. I thought they played a really nice uh, tribute video for him. It was like a minute long. It was really fun. They even had like um, clips from his big rig episode or his big rig uh, commercial. It was nice. And everyone clapped and it was very, it was very uh, sweet. And then at the end of the game, the game winner in once they went into overtime, it appeared to have been scored by Greenway and it actually wasn't someone else tipped it in. Um, but then everyone booed Greenway. <laughs> so it was uh, quite an odd situation. Uh, and it was one of those games where we just kind of left. It was very unsatisfying. It was very strange. And we were very like, I do not want to see that same team on, on Monday because this was just not good. Um, I'm sure all of you watched the game on Monday. If you have not, I would highly recommend that you go find a replay and honestly watch the entire game. If you don't have time for that, at least watch the third period. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about stats. You guys know that this is not my wheelhouse. This is, I don't even, this is not my school. I do not even go here. I am on the vibe side, but I can appreciate crazy stats, especially when it comes to the wild. So the top line right now, they are absolutely buzzing. We've got Karol Kaprizov and Matt Boldy being centered by Jules Erickson Eck. And the three of them, I don't know why it's working this time. But they are dialed in. They have previously, they've tried Matt Boldy and Kirill together. They've tried uh, Jules Erickson X centering Kirill and Zuki. They had tried kind of these different combinations. And for whatever reason, it just, I don't know if it just needed to be the three of them and not just, you know, two at a time. But just in Monday's game, those three, those three guys right there, had 16 points. The top line came away with 16 points, seven goals and nine assists between the three of them. And actually, even before the Canucks game, they had a 62.7% expected goals when they are on the ice before those 16 points they put up. Like, I can appreciate a stat like that, you know? 
Oh, hold on. I feel like my kid is coming. They, <laughs> my kid is here watching. They're homesick. The Wild scored their 10 goals because they came away. It was 10 to 7 was the la the final score. Their 10 goals, they scored in 27 shots on goal. That's a 37% shooting percentage. That's the best percentage for any 25 plus shots on goal game since the 2000-2001 season. I think I was in middle school at that point. Actually, I know I was in middle school at that point in time. It's just like, and even going on. So as we know, both Boldy and Kirill came back. Or I've lost all track of my thought train. My children are homesick. And I'm on deck. I'm the parent on deck. Um, okay, rewind. Jules Erickson Eck and Kirill Kaprizov both had a hat trick plus three assists each. And this was the first time that teammates had come away with six points each in a game. So Eck and KK both had six points. The first time that's happened since October 9th of 1993. And the last time, so on that date, it was Sandstrom and Gretzky that came away with that. 93, I was um, like kindergarten age. The Wild are doing things that have not been done in like decades. And it's just mind-blowing. Again, bonkers is the word I keep coming back to you. This whole game was bonkers. Because the first two periods, it was hard to watch. Part of it was that Gustafson was just not on his game. The you know, he let in two goals on two shots. I think it was even worse than that, but I kind of was blocking it out because I really like Gus Bus. He was just, he was not good. He was not good. And they put in Fleury in the third, obviously. But it was hard to watch. And then the end of the second period. So the Canucks kept taking all these penalties, five on threes like crazy. At the end of the second period, Zuccarello, I believe, scored a goal, but they ruled it a no goal right as the period was ending. And so I even said something like, the Wild need to harness that rage over the no goal and come into the third with it. And by golly, if they didn't do that, because they came out, they scored six times in five minutes and 45 seconds. Six in less than six minutes. That's the fastest it's been done in 25 years. And watching it in person it just kept going in and every time I mean it just kept going into the net and every time the announcer would try to announce the last goal they would score another I I even said I was cheering and clapping and whatever for like 10 minutes straight I swear to goodness I actually got to the point where um my voice doesn't sound as bad as I thought it might because between the bonkers game and uh, Declan Chisholm scoring his first NHL goal on Saturday. Between those two, I thought that I would not have a voice. But this time, I even, like, I've um, bruised the palms of my hands before. But this time, I had a child sitting next to me on Monday. And he was not very um, aware of where his elbows were. And so I didn't want to keep my drink in the cup holder. So I was holding it. So instead of clapping, I was actually, like, slapping my leg, you know? I have welts on my leg. I 
slapped it so much and so hard. I have welts on my leg. The things that I go through for this game, folks. But I just, again, this entire game, I cannot even believe. Right now, the Wild are two points out of a wild card position. It seems like they are at this point where they have started to pick things up and really be more consistent, even if it's in a very bonkers way. And while everyone else who has kind of been in the wild card running is sliding down, we are in the right place at the right time doing the right things. We just need to keep going because since January 15th, so that's what, just over a month, they are first in the NHL with goals per game, 4.08. They are second in the NHL in goals scored, 53 total. They are uh, fourth in the NHL with a plus 14 rating, and they are tied for third in the NHL with a 33% power play. The tale of two teams. I will keep coming back to that. It has been the tale of two teams. I... (sighs) So, but I'd like to tell you a little story here. I had this thought last... Last season, we went to a game, my brother and I, he bought a hat and then, um, I believe Kaprizov got a hat trick at that. I might've been boldly. One of the two got a hat trick. My brother tossed his old hat and we had this joke of, okay, well you have to buy a hat because then they'll have a hat trick. I am not kidding you. Yesterday, my brother bought two hats. I'm not even kidding. He bought two hats before the game. So Eck gets his hat trick. My brother takes off his hat, throws it. It's his old hat, a work hat, not a super big deal, you know. So he puts on one of the new ones. And then how many minutes later, and Kaprizov scores a hat trick? My brother did hesitate for a moment, but he ripped that new hat off his head and he tossed it on the ice. And that is commitment, folks. He did go back and repurchase the same hat after the game. And we did actually find his original hat also. So, you know, he, he did come away with the same number of hats when he entered the game. But uh, again, the, how were there even hats at that point? But there were, their hats were raining down, hats all over. There's actually a really cute video of uh, Duhame helping to clean up the hats. He's like getting them all into a little pile with his stick. So, I mean, this, this game ended and. I was I had people tagging me on on in Slack and on Twitter and texting me being like what is happening right now and I was like I, you know what I don't even know I'm here and I cannot even describe to you what is going on it is unreal and the best part about it is that the Vancouver Canucks are ranked number 1 in the NHL right now So the Wild came along and they were like "Mm," playing kind of dinky for the first two periods. And then in the third, they're like, you know what? No, nope, we're going to win today. So uh, after the game, Jules Eriksson-Eck got the helmet and I was so happy for him. You know, he's my favorite. He is my favorite player always and forever. Um, But he was just so happy. And it was so fun to see Eck, who tends to... uh, when you see him, he's either kind of a little more serious or he's getting shoved around on the ice and he's just like pissed off. <laughs> so it was really fun to see just how happy he was after the game. <sighs> Taking a breath now. 
I do think that so that game was the best game that I have ever seen in person. And I do think that I'm going to go find video of that third period and just watch it because I just feel like reliving it. It was completely bonkers. All right, we're going to move on a little bit here. First of all, I just wanted to touch on the PWHL Minnesota team. Um, they had a back-to-back this weekend, and they did. They won in Ottawa and then lost in Montreal. Both were very close games. I believe they were both 2-1. It's just, you know, Minnesota was 2 in the first one and 1 in the second one. Um, I'm also going to touch on, or you know what? I also wanted to, oh my goodness, this is going to be one of those podcasts that's hard to listen to because I just like, this, I'm still processing the bonkers game. Um, the wild prospects last year, their prospect pool was ranked first in the league. They are now ranked 10th in the league, but do not panic. It's not that it got worse. It's that prospects are aging out of being a prospect. You know, um, I don't remember exactly what the age cutoff is, but it's like Boldy for a while was, a you know, was a prospect and then he's too old for that. And, um, that kind of thing. I don't, I don't even know. They don't, uh, favors not considered a prospect favors. Yeah. Anyway. Oh boy. So future considerations in a bag of pucks, my miscellaneous section, they had the stadium series this past weekend and Matt Rempe had his first game. He got to do a rookie lap at an outdoor stadium. He's the first in the NHL to ever do that. Then his first shift was one second long because then he got in a fight with Matt Martin, who told him that he had longer arms than Chara because Matt Rempe is uh, six, eight and a half, I believe. He actually ended that game with four minutes and 26 seconds of ice time and five penalty minutes. So he spent more time in the penalty box than he did on the ice. But you know what? Matt Rempe, you made a splash. Like, way to go. And the same, I believe, Saturday, at the same time as the stadium series, the Penguins were retiring Yarmir Yager's number, which was terrible timing. I do not know who put those things on at the same time. Terrible timing. But everyone in warm-ups wore his jersey and most of them were also wearing mullet wigs and which was amazing to watch Sidney Crosby warm up in a mullet wig but Yager also got to go out in warm-ups and just one last time and I thought that was so cool that he was allowed to do that I mean I don't really the NHL you know has kind of this ban on all things fun so the fact that I'm assuming somebody cleared it either that or the Penguins made a good choice of just being like, you know what, we're just going to have them go out. And then, you know, what's the saying? Uh, better to ask for forgiveness than ask permission. <laughs> I feel like with the NHL, that's kind of the route that people need to go sometimes. So the outdoor games, you know, three out of the four teams did a pretty good walk-in costume. That's kind of the one of the best parts of the outdoor games. The Stadium Series, the Winter Classic, is having them have some kind of a different outfit. I mean, not that they're always super, like, creative necessarily, but it's just fun to see. You know, the Minnesota Wild, when they did their Winter Classic walk-in, it wasn't super creative, but they did have these cool kind of, like, um, baseball, almost like Letterman's jackets that were Minnesota Wild-themed. They had, like, hats. I mean, 
But then you have, you know, the blues that year did like Hawaiian shirts and shorts. And you have to remember that it was like 20 below zero. So that was a little more of a commitment for them. <laughs> but then the Islanders had the most boring walk-in ever. They wore suits. I know that's so different than what you wear at a normal game. Honestly, like, I kind of feel bad for them because they had a chance to, like, do a fun thing. And their coach and their GM were like, no, mm -mm. we're going to be boring. And I feel like if you are going to be, like, your team is going to be in an outdoor game, I feel like a costume or at least, like, a, a unique walk-in outfit needs to be a requirement or you lose points in the standings. That's my... That's my thought. Because again, we're trying to grow the game. The fun walk-in outfits, that's part of like the this vibe side of the hockey world. I also had a really good laugh at the park simulation that they did at the um Devils Philadelphia game. So they had, you know, the rink in the middle, but then around it they created like it was supposed to be kind of like a park, like a central park. But I feel like they didn't explain that to anybody. So I did not watch the game, I will say. But I saw clips of it on Twitter. And one of the clips was the two mascots, Gritty and then the, I don't know the devil guy's name, uh, chasing each other around. And all I could think about was I was like, why are there so many dogs there? Like, do they have, are these like therapy dogs? Are these like bomb sniffing dogs? Like, why are there so many dogs on the field? I did realize later that like, okay, this is supposed to be a simulation. Like, oh, they're playing a pickup game of hockey in the park. But like the actors, I just, they're walking dogs. And there's a lady with a stroller that had like a fake baby in it and selling fake food and people biking. And it was just like, I, I understood the vision, but I don't think they got the execution right. And I compare it to, again, when Minnesota hosted the Winter Classic, it was a similar idea. You know, there was the big rink in the middle, and then around it, they had smaller rinks. And during the game, they had other smaller teams playing, you know, like a three-on-three -on, -three on the small rinks. It's like pond hockey. It's like you're at a pond hockey tournament. But what I thought was super cool, and it helped that they would like announce these things or they talked about what was going on. You weren't left to find out by yourself. Um, it was teams like uh, the Minnesota Wild has a whole bunch of teams that they support. Blind hockey, sled hockey, um, special hockey. There are teams of uh, veterans who play hockey. They had some of the players from the University of Minnesota come play. They had all sorts of things playing different three-on-three -three games around the main game. And it was something where like, it was something to watch if there was a break in play in the Wild Blues game, but it wasn't so distracting that you're watching the, the lady with the fake baby instead of the game. Now, am I biased? Yes. But I do think I have a point. And I'm going to wrap up this very scattered and strange podcast after a bonkers game, a bonkers podcast for a bonkers game, with just saying that tonight, the Minnesota Wild are playing in Winnipeg. One good thing is that both teams are on the back of a back-to-back. -back. Otherwise, that would be really crappy. 
And second of all, I don't know. How is this going to go, folks? The Winnipeg Jets and the Minnesota Wild, they have got some bad blood. And I don't know if it's something that, uh, I don't know. Is this something that is going to rear its ugly head tonight? Uh, Marcus Foligno is still out. He did not travel with them. So is that something that's going to help or hurt? You know, he's not the only one that fights. He's not the only one that will drop the gloves. There are actually several, quite a few players that will drop the gloves for anybody on the team. You know, we've seen Marco Rossi drop the gloves. Last year, Matt Boldy dropped the gloves. We've got Middleton. We've got Maroon. Oh, no, Maroon's out. Sorry. Um, Bogosian doesn't really fight, but he's a scary guy. So will this be a super physical game? I think it kind of always is with the Wild. Is this going to spill over into a bloodbath? That remains to be seen. Um, I don't know if Mason Shaw will be in tonight. That will be interesting to see because the third line, um, Goudreau, Hartman, and Duhame, that line has just not been playing very well. Goudreau's really, really struggled this whole season. Um, Hartman has been kind of on a bit of a slump. And it'll be interesting to see if they switch anyone out for Shaw because they already switched Dewar up to play with Duhame and Hartman. So anyway, until next time, we are here for the vibes. We love the guys because they love each other. And I'll see you next time.